singing. You may be seated. Praise God for that worship. I love that song. That song fits so well with the theme of the Lord's Prayer. Just a, a dependence and a hallowed be your name. Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to see as we continue in this series how well that song fits. Well, welcome guests. For any of you here for the first time, so glad to have you here with us. We're in a series that we're entitling True Prayer, and this is a seven-week series on the Lord's Prayer. Um, We're in part four today, so you came at a really good time, really good time. Take your Bible, if you have it, and turn to Matthew chapter six, Matthew chapter six. As you're turning there, my wife and I have a friend, a close friend, and she said last week something that really made my wife and I stop and think for a second. My friend said that sometimes I have a really hard time understanding how prayer benefits me. Sometimes I have a really hard time understanding how prayer benefits me. And when you have a close friend and they say something like that, and don't worry, it's, it's no one in this room right now. It's no one in part of Vertical Church, so I'm not, I'm not calling out anyone here. Uh, but you have to have a, a, a conversation with a friend when, when a friend says something like that at the right time. And the truth of the matter is, even though we may not all say that out loud, a lot of us feel that same way. A lot of us think that same way sometimes. If, if when we're living our life and we're getting things done, If we don't think about the fact that we can't do what we need to do through Christ's strength, we're going to have this thought kind of in the back of our minds. What good is prayer really doing? What is it accomplishing? We saw back in verse 8, just a couple weeks ago, before Jesus actually said, pray like this. Jesus said that your heavenly Father in heaven already knows what you need before you even Ask him. So when we talked about that a couple weeks ago, well, what is the point of prayer then? If God already knows our needs, he already knows what we need, why are we even asking him? The answer back then was, God doesn't need to hear your prayer, but you desperately need God. You desperately need to let him know what your needs are. And today we're addressing really this exact same point In Matthew 6, verse 11, give us this day our daily bread. And this verse right here, verse 11, is pretty much the bread and butter of true prayer. And you may be thinking, David, did you just make a pun? (laughs) Yes, I did intentionally make a pun. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread is the bread and butter of prayer. And that was a dad joke. And that's about as good as I can do as far as dad jokes Go, But this is the bread and butter because, you know, in in the beginning of this prayer, we see it beginning with a praise. We see this prayer ending with praise and sticking with that bread and butter theme, you know, sandwiched in between worship in true prayer, we have a daily dependence on our own good heavenly Father, our strong God, a daily dependence on him. And here's the rub. When we talk about having a daily dependence, this doesn't sit well with everybody. Not everyone likes to hear the fact that they can't accomplish everything they need to accomplish on their own. 
A lot of us are very talented, we're very skillful, we have high capacity, and we can get a lot done in our own strength, for sure. But you're going to see that in this thing called life, you don't have it. You don't have everything you need. And I know it's not popular, but when you read the Bible, you can't help but come away with seeing that I am needy, and you are needy, and we need help from our Heavenly Father above and the Holy Spirit that indwells in every true believer of Jesus Christ. When you read the Bible, you see verses like Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I just read this week an article about this particular verse and this phrase in this verse, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. And this verse was attacked. It was in the context of a very famous Christian author and a former pastor who's walked away and, and walked away from the faith and, and renounced his, his faith in Jesus Christ. And, and they're using this idea as a shaming of our identity. This, 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 this hurts me and this, this, this isn't who I really am. But this is the truth from the Bible. It's true about me. It's true about you. This is true about the Apostle Paul who wrote the Gospels, or excuse me, who wrote a third of the New Testament, who preached the Gospel. Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, look at this, for I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me that is in my flesh. For if I, ha I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. You and I have daily needs. We need to depend on Christ. And if it's true for this man who is already saved, believe me, Paul is a follower of God. He loves God. This isn't just your shady coworker who thinks this way, who lives this way. This is all of us, even those of us who have found salvation in Jesus Christ. We still struggle in the day-to-day -day with our sin nature with our flesh. We are weak in that sense. So how does prayer benefit you? God doesn't need to hear your requests. He needs, he needs, he wants, excuse me, you to be reliant on him. You need to be desperate for him. So this morning, I want to show you three crucial points about dependence. Three points about dependence. They were all drawn out of this aspect of true prayer found in the phrase, Give us this day our daily bread. And the first point is never hesitate to ask for God's provision. Just never hesitate to ask for God's provision. Bread was a staple food element of the entire Middle Eastern world in Jesus' day. That's the whole world's diet. I mean, we could stop right here for a second. Like, what's the staple of your diet? Have you ever thought about that? Is it, is it red meat? Do we have any Swansonites out there? Is it, uh, is it sugar? There's plenty of that. Is a staple of the American diet. Maybe it's Chick-fil-A. I don't know what the staple of your diet is, but for Jesus, it was bread. And uh, I like bread. I know not everyone can have bread. That's a little bit, I'm a little bit envious of you at the same time because you don't have to like take all that gluten and get the, the gluten belly. But I do love fresh, hot bread. And when I go to a restaurant, you know, that serves that fresh hot bread, like Texas Roadhouse or Panera Bread or, or Olive Garden, uh, 
yeah, it's, it's just good. It's just really, really good. But when Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread, he's not talking about what we, what we think of. He's talking about your daily needs. He's talking about your daily sustenance that you need to survive. So God is, is in, this, in this prayer here, the one who provides your needs. We are all needy. And here we go again. You're like, well, David, I don't like the fact that I'm needy. I know, I know none of us like that truth, but that is the reality. We can't do all things. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. So ask for God to provide for your needs. It's that simple, right? Just ask. Now, we understand that concept. I mean, some of us begrudgingly, all right, I know I need to depend on God. That's great. But there's two ways we can actually get off track on this, and this can be a little bit tricky for a couple scenarios. When we pray, there's some of us who almost all we do is ask for things from God. So you got this one down. You major in asking God for stuff. As a matter of fact, for some people, 90% of your prayer life can revolve around, God, give me this, and God, give me more of that, and give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And I mean, who wants to talk to a person like that? What's a relationship with, with a person like that when all they're doing is talking about themselves and is all they're doing is asking for something? It's a pretty, pretty shallow relationship that doesn't go very deep, right? So yes, let's ask for God. Don't hesitate, never hesitate to ask for your daily needs, but that can't be the whole prayer life. It should not be your whole prayer life and your relationship with God. That's the selfish person that needs are all you pray for. And then the second is the total polar opposite of this. Of this. It's the extreme other end where you may take the posture of, oh, I can't ask God for that. He's the sustainer, the creator of the universe. He's all powerful. I got my, my business I can handle. I can take care of that. I'll only go to God for the really important stuff. The really big needs, I'll pray for those. It's the self-reliant person. Do you see how both of those extremes don't match what we have here as far as give us this day our daily bread? I mean, the enemy makes both of these like sprinkle in a little, little air mixed in with truth and you sound good on both ends on the surface level. But both of those are wrong. Both of those are unbalanced. We have to take this approach that I need to daily depend on God. I can talk to him about everything. I can talk to him about who he is and how powerful he is and let the truth of his love for me motivate in me and move me into loving others. I can focus on hallowed be your name and making him holy and unique in my life. I can share my thoughts and my concerns. I can go to him with some needs and I can praise him for who he is. That's the complete whole balanced diet of prayer. It's not just asking him requests, but that is a part of it. And we can't ever get to the point where we don't ask God for the basics. If you think about where you lean on that spectrum, I, I personalized this this week and I thought a lot about this this week. I am definitely along the side of, I want to just get this done, get out of my way. I can handle it. I'll fix this problem. And please just don't bother me while I'm trying to do my stuff. And I don't struggle with, with talking to God about, you know, 
how much he means to me and how much he is powerful and how much he changes my heart. I talk with him about those things, but I don't tend to go to him with my daily needs, the daily provision, and ask him to give me the strength that I need on a day-to-day basis. Don't hesitate to ask God for the basics. Never hesitate to ask him for that. If you're married, you need to pray to God and ask him to help you on a daily basis to live in harmony with the other sinner that lives under the same roof as you. If you go, if if you work in a workplace with other people, you need on a daily basis to ask God to fill you with his grace and his Holy Spirit enabling so that you can be kind and generous and gracious. You don't need to just pray during finals week. You don't need to just pray when a family member has a diagnosis. I know we're praying at those times, but we need to pray every single day for our daily provision that we need from God. And I know I'm stepping on toes because you're probably thinking, well, David, I made that deal. And I convinced that person. I found that loophole. I made that sale. I did this. And I'm sure you did. But you did nothing without the enabling of God. Psalm 104.14 says, You caused the grass to grow for the livestock and the plants for man to cultivate that he may bring forth food from the earth. All of your means, all of your abilities, every single part of your personality that you have is a gift from God. And we cannot forget that. When you go to one of those restaurants, once again, that serves bread before the meal, this is an easy way for me to think about this and just apply this and illustrate this. Uh, you know you go to a restaurant, right, and you expect to get the bread. You, you bring your kids in there. For, for us, for, for Julie and I, the only reason we really go to these kind of restaurants anymore is because our kids don't eat half of the food on the, on the kids' menu, but we know they will fill up on the bread that they serve. So it's, it's just a win-win. We can split a kid's meal, and then they can just eat the free bread. It's, it's just awesome. And of course, the waitress is going to hate us because we're just getting waters and, and lots of bread. But Julie has helped me on this, and I know we need to tip well if that's the case because we're ordering less food than a normal person would order. But if we're at one of those restaurants and I know they have bread and that the bread doesn't come out when the water's coming out, you better believe I'm asking a nice, polite question like, hey, you, you serve bread, right? You know, do you mind if we go ahead and just get that right now? That'd be great. Thanks. Like something along those lines. And I, we just need that now. I don't hesitate to ask for bread because... I know we need it. If it's just a date with Julie and I, like, I'm not worried about the bread at all. It's like, I'm going to save room and, and enjoy the really good food. But if I have my two hungry little boys with us, and now even Monroe, we can give her something to gnaw on. Like, you got to feed the masses, okay? Give these kids bread and circuses to keep them entertained so we can have a meal without leaving early. Like, I'm going to ask because I desperately need the bread. That's the way we have to be in our daily needs with God. Give me this day the daily bread that I need. In Matthew 7 says this, ask and it will be given to you. If you you look forward just a few verses to Matthew 7, verse 7, I want to show you this. This is a continuation of the same sermon that Jesus gives. But he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, 
If his son asks him for bread, we'll give him a stone. Or if he asks for a fish, we'll give him a serpent. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Isn't this amazing? We have a God who wants to give to us, who is ready to bless us. It's all we have to do is ask. Now, of course, this is in the context, right? This isn't just ask God for anything and he'll give you anything you want. This is in the same context of Matthew chapter 6. It's right after the Lord's Prayer. Jesus actually said this uh, to the disciples because he'd already laid the foundation that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? We're aligning our hearts to his. We have changed the way we think, and it's not just about us satisfying our needs anymore. It's us thinking about the will of God and his plan and his purpose for us. And then you see later on there at the end of chapter 6, you see that seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So there is a precedent here. If our hearts are aligned with his and we're going after his will and, and we are delighting in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart, all those things are taking place that's when you ask, seek, and knock, and the Lord will provide. I saw uh, just a, a video clip, maybe you saw it too, the other week where LeBron James was watching his son play basketball in an AAU basketball game. And LeBron James is like my age. We graduated from high school the exact same year. But LeBron has a kid who's 14, and his goal is to play in the NBA when his son plays in the NBA. So we'll see if that ever happens. It's a, it would be the first time that ever happened. It would be pretty amazing. But he took so much joy when he saw his kid doing well in this AAU basketball game that LeBron James just went nuts and started cheering and actually kind of ran out onto the court during this AAU game. And it was a big deal. People were like, oh, he shouldn't have done that. Now terrible. But I was listening to uh, this guy that I, uh, I listened to on podcast. His name's Chuck Klosterman, this author. And he was like, you know what? I take joy when I see my kids doing well. I love giving my kids stuff, and I just take joy when they, when they take what I give them and they use that and they, and they go beyond that and they do well with it. And I mean, all of us who have children in this room can relate. You love to give your kids good gifts. You take joy when they use it and they do great with it, right? That's the way our Heavenly Father is. Look at verse 10 and 11 again there in, in chapter 7. Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Of course not. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? We want to give our kids good gifts, not gifts that are going to hurt them. We want to give them good things, and that's the way our Heavenly Father is. So never hesitate to ask for his provision. He has already promised to give you his provision. You just need to depend on him. That is give us this day our daily bread. Here's the second point that we see from this phrase. Look beyond your own needs with the spirit of generosity, with the spirit of giving. It says, give us, give us this day our daily bread. Remember, there's no I in the Lord's Prayer. This isn't just a prayer where we're talking about ourselves. The model form of prayer that Jesus is laying out for us, pray like this, is a community prayer. It's a prayer that we pray with other believers and that we pray for other believers. 
And when you spend more time with your heavenly father, you're going to also think about the rest of his children. You're going to think about the rest of your family. So there is an there unspoken just assumption here that this means, yes, in this prayer petition, it's not just about me. It's about everyone else. Give us this day our daily bread. And when we, and when we think about who God is and what he's done for us, he sent Jesus Christ into this earth to die for us, to give us a new life that we did not deserve. You can't help but be overflowed with joy and thankfulness and gratefulness to the point where you want to give back to other people. When your world doesn't revolve around you and your needs anymore, and you're in this place that you say, I just want to help someone else. I want to I be a blessing to them. God wants to bless you, and he wants to bless others through you. Never forget that. He wants to bless others through you. He didn't just save you so that you could survive and scrape by in this present age. Not in the slightest. Jesus died so that you could be a vessel of his love, so that you could be an ambassador of Jesus Christ, so that you could show the world who he is and what he is like. And he is the most loving, generous being ever. And that's what we have to represent. When we do that, we're showing God's glory. We're delivering the gospel. We're breaking the chains of slavery. We're doing all that. And we can do that through loving and giving to others. That's God's plan and God's purpose for you. I have been blessed. When I, when I think about this, how many Christians have blessed me, I have been so blessed in my life. So many times. I could, I could sit here all day and just give you a list of names of men and women growing up in the church who were giving to me. And I know not everybody has that experience, but I've, I've felt it. And, and, I, and I want our church to be the church that does that same thing for other people. When I was a, a teenager, like 16 years old, I was working at a golf course. I was making $5.45 an hour at this golf course. And I was working at a farm, too, and they were paying me $6 an hour. That was buco bucks back then. And then this elderly man in the church said, you know what, David, I'd like, to, I'd like to sell you my car. You need a car, don't you? I was like, yeah, absolutely. He told me that he would pay me $10 an hour, which was unheard of in 2001, $10 an hour to mow his grass, and he would have me work for, for, uh, for 40 hours, and then he would give me the title of his car. He did that, like for a 16-year-old kid. I mean, who does that, right? So I, I did that. He gave me a 76 Plymouth Fury. I say he gave it to me. I, I mean, I guess I earned it. But, but that's, that's an exact picture of the car. It just it wasn't my exact car, and it didn't have the police lights on the top. But that was literally the car. Okay, I found this online. That was the 76 Plymouth Fury that I worked for 40 hours for, and he just gave me the title. But that was a man. He wasn't dripping with money. He just realized, I don't really need this anymore, and I want to bless this kid. I want to be kind to this person. He was a guy in our church. And I mean, there's been person after person who've done things like that for me. When you are filled with this concept that I have been given so much by God, I want to just give it back out to other people. Those are some of the most joyful, generous, happy people I have ever met. It's not the people who have a lot of money. It's the people who say, yeah, give me this day. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm going to bless others. I'm going to go out there, and I'm just going to give what I have. My bread is your bread. I'm going to share. And maybe you don't have a lot of money. That's okay. Maybe you have some time, and you can spend your time to bless someone else. 
Maybe you don't have a lot of time. That's all right. You're going to be you're going to be there and you're going to be present in someone's life. You can be generous in giving. Pick up checks, serve others, give to those who are in need. When we understand the gospel, we can't help but extend our hand of blessing to others. We're going to have another uh, offering coming up. This week, actually, I want to do an offering for Aslam. Aslam is like our second missionary. Our church, our church supports a church plant in Detroit, Michigan, Crossing Anchor Church, and we also support Aslam. And he's going back to Pakistan on August 20th. And if you give just any time this week, from now all the way through Sunday, to the, to the Love One Another Fund that we have, that money is going to go to Aslam. He sent me a video this week of the Pakistani believers who are building a baptism, like a baptismal out there. And I mean, these people, when they, when they get baptized for Jesus Christ in Pakistan, it's like they get excommunicated by their family. Um, they, they, they enter into this, into this life stage where they can't even get good jobs most of the time. Like it is, it is a radical thing that we can't even hardly understand and wrap our minds around. He's doing all that work over there in Pakistan, and I want to support him, right? Even though our church isn't quite fully funded yet, we still receive support from Winston-Salem. I want our church to be a church that is open-handed and that gives. We, had a, we have to have that culture here as a church, a vertical. Giving is like a drug. Once you start it, you can't stop it. It's the most joyful fulfilling thing that you can do with your time and with your money is to give back because that's the way God has wired us and that's who God is. So those are the first two and then there's one more here. There's one more piece of truth in this prayer petition of give us this day our daily bread. And in some ways, this is the most obvious and then in other ways, this is the hardest to accept. Number three, embrace the rhythm of daily dependence. Daily dependence. God gives us what we need when we need it. And we have to understand that we're wired in a way that we don't just get everything we need and just tank up on that and move forward and just, and just, and just roll off of that. It doesn't work that way at all. I was at Little River Coffee this week, and I was, I was finishing up my sermon, and there was a guy there who started a conversation with me. He saw, he saw my vertical church mug, I think. He saw my Bible out, and he started a conversation with me. Turns out he's an empath, okay? This guy, uh, he's a swami. And, and we, were, we just had this, this conversation where I was able to share the gospel with him. It was, it was great. Uh, but you know what he didn't like? He didn't like the fact that we are sinners, and he definitely didn't like the fact that I, I took the stance that, that we, have, we have daily needs. We need daily dependence. As a matter of fact, he thought if you, if you visited him like five to six times that you would get all you needed for life. He could give you enough information to, to, to hold you over for the rest of your life. And he was really, he really pushed back and bristled at this whole daily dependence idea. But I, I, I brought that up originally because that's what I was talking about in the Bible. I used that eventually. That conversation ended the way most of my conversations end with people who are in the occult. And believe it or not, I've had a few of those over the years. But it's where's your truth source? Why do you believe what you believe? Is this just because of what you feel sounds the best? Or is there a proven, reliable source outside of yourself that has stood the test of time, the authoritative word of God, 
that forms your beliefs. Okay, so I'll tell you more about that conversation if you want to know more about that conversation later on. But the point is, in that conversation, he did not like this whole idea of daily dependence. And the world doesn't like that idea. None of us really like that idea, right? I mean, we want to be independent. Beckham, when he was five, just like a year ago, he told me, Dad, I don't really need you anymore. I think I can do everything I need to do, Dad. So just, just, just leave me alone, please. Yeah. <laughs> if he only knew how much his dad does for him. But we're all, we're all like that, right? At some point, we're like that five-year-old. Like, ah, I'm good. I got this. We have to rely on him. We're human beings created by God for daily dependence. And yes, I said we were created by God for daily dependence. Stop and think about that. This is before the fall. Before sin entered into this world and death by sin, do you realize that God created Adam and Eve dependent? They were dependent on God. They were dependent on the creation that God made. They were dependent on relationship with each other. They needed that. They had needs before the fall. That's part of being human. We all depend on God. We all depend on each other. It's not a bad thing. The first sin didn't create that need for food or companionship. God is the creator and we are the creator. We must depend on him. I know like your peak in in life is probably somewhere around like 26 to 30. Like I'm past that now. I'm, I'm starting to feel those aches and pains a little bit more than I used to. But... Even at our most optimal peak performance, and some of us can definitely, definitely get a lot accomplished, we can't forget that we have to daily depend on God. And this word daily to the original audience that Jesus said it to would have brought back whispers of the wilderness to them. When I say whispers of the wilderness, I mean Jesus is speaking this to a Jewish audience, and they would have thought about the Old Testament story of God's people, his chosen people, being delivered out of Egypt. And when you, when you read uh, the book of Exodus, Exodus 16.4, then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am about to rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion. Okay? A day's portion. This is talking about when the, the children of Israel were, were leaving Egypt, they crossed the river on dry land, Then they were like free from that bondage of slavery in Egypt. And then they started complaining because they didn't have any food. And God sent a daily provision. We see, we we talked about this like a couple months ago when we were in our 1 Corinthians series, 1 Corinthians 10. All those stories from the Exodus is a shadow and it's a picture of our life in Christ. Okay, so the, the... the freedom from the bondage of the slavery of Egypt is like a picture of our salvation from the bondage of the slavery of sin. We pass through the water as well, through the hand of God. The wandering in the wilderness, that's a picture of our life in Christ, even as a believer in this dry and thirsty land, this weary world that we live in that's full of sin and pain and hurt. We We are wandering in that wilderness, and we need a daily provision from God, a daily provision. God did not set it up for you to just come to church on Sunday morning for one hour and have all you need for the rest of the week. It doesn't work that way. 
You can't read your Bible for four straight days and then feel like, all right, great, I read enough scripture, I tanked up enough for the next two months. You will get weak and you will fail. We need a daily dependence. Give us this day our daily bread. Every day we have to go to him and talk to our God. Every single day, speaking to him, asking for him. We have to get rid of these emergency prayers only when it, where it's almost too late. And manna expired, right? That's the way we're wired. And going back to the whole bread theme, because I've thought a lot about bread this week. One way you know that your bread is, is good bread is how long it takes for it to expire. The wonder bread that, that, that doesn't expire like ever uh, is, is not good for you, right? Those frosted flakes that expire in 2023 are not as good for you is the food that expires in a couple days. The fruits and vegetables from your garden, they're going to expire in two or three days. Meat expires. Carbs that are processed, they never expire. So just health tip 101, if you want to eat healthy, just don't eat things that never expire, right? Manna expired after one day. God was laying this foundation. He was explaining this principle to them through that. Spiritually speaking, God doesn't give you ever what you, everything you need for the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of your life. It's a daily dependence on him. Maybe you've seen the movie Creed. And Apollo Creed is, is, is getting trained by Rocky, right? The greatest cinematic boxer of all time. And what does he say? He says one step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. That's like a theme throughout the whole movie. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time. At the very end of the movie is, is Rocky's like walking up the steps. Creed is like telling him, one step at a time. Rocky gets it. Christians, we need to get this too. It's a daily dependence, one step at a time on God. Now, we live in a different era. So when Jesus is talking about give us this day our daily bread, a lot of times we're like, all right, well, David, I mean, I got plenty of food. It's not really a problem for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to not eat bread, and I don't really need to worry about getting more bread. I get that, right? These people were, were, were hungry. They, they needed daily bread to survive. And in some ways, in, if you're in a culture where it's like work a day's wage to get enough food on your plate for that day, you already have baked in this ideology that I need to depend on someone and I depend on God more. The fact that we have abundance in our country is almost a spiritual disadvantage for us. It's a spiritual disadvantage to get and, and grasp this concept. But spiritually speaking, we can't live off of a Sam's Club diet or a Costco diet. We can't. I know my boys are growing, and one of these days we're going to have to shop more at Costco. We're going to have to shop more at those bulk places, even though I like shopping more at Aldi. Uh, that's just a, a matter of life. But I have to remember, and you have to remember, that spiritually speaking, I need those perishable things. I that perishable food, that food that I need right now, that fresh good food right now. Don't live off of the stuff that's supposedly going to last for forever because it doesn't last for forever. And for us, we're not just trying to avoid bread. I mean, for, maybe for you, this prayer of daily dependence is you saying, God, help me to resist the temptation to overeat. You know what I mean? Maybe you're sitting there, it's like, I have too much at my, my disposal. There's too much food here. Lord, please help me to have the strength to resist that temptation. 
That's the same thing as give us this day our daily bread. It's the same exact thing. We have to embrace this rhythm of daily dependence. True prayer trains your heart to constantly depend on God. Constantly depend on God. You were created for dependence, and even after you find Christ, you still need him every single day. God doesn't need to hear your prayers, but you desperately need him. One step at a time, one punch at a time, one round at a time, you desperately need him. We're going to depend on Jesus the rest of our lives. And that is a very, very comforting thought. It's stressful to think about the fact that if it's all on us, we got to survive. That's so, so much worse than a daily dependence on him. And that's what we have to bring into a true prayer. It's a daily rhythm. I don't like the, the term daily grind. It's a daily rhythm of trusting him. And when we get to this place where we're desperate for him, we're not going to be desperate about everything else. Don't just pray when you're desperate, when it's the last ditch effort and it's almost too late. Oh, God, I need help. Pray daily, daily depend on him, and that, and that desperation won't feel desperate. In John chapter 6, Jesus was feeding the 5,000, and then the, the crowds followed him. And Jesus talks a little bit more about this same exact concept of him, of, of, of bread. So John chapter 6, if you have your Bible, you can turn there. Um, this is what I wanted to close with. John 6, verse 25. I've got to find John myself. I'm in Luke. Here we go. John 6, 25. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what, was, what must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you. What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Jesus says to them, I am the bread of life. Jesus Christ is the bread of life. And whoever finds him will never hunger, will never thirst again. Yes, we need daily dependence. We need our daily bread. But the source of our daily bread is the bread of life. It's Jesus Christ. We have to come to him. We have to seek him. He's the way that we get our needs met. Yes, bread is perishable. And yes, the day-to-day -day can, can feel like it's here and gone. It's, wow, what was that? Where did it go? Where's the time going? Jesus wants your day-to-day -to, -day to matter for eternity. And it will matter for eternity 
if you go to the source of life, the bread of life, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father in heaven, this is a hard thing to talk about because deep down we all want to be dependent. But Lord, if we're going to grow deeper in our walk with you and if we're going to pray the way you want us to pray, God, we realize that we have to daily depend on you. We can't do it in our own strength. As strong as we are, we don't have enough. Lord, may we depend on you. May we rely on you. May we get rid of this spirit that we got under control. We only need to run to you when we absolutely have nothing left. May we seek you on a daily basis to fill our lives with your Holy Spirit, to empower us in a way that we could never, ever, ever accomplish anything else without you, Lord. Thank you for sending Jesus into this world. Thank you for sending the Holy Spirit to those of us who believe. Lord, fill us and use us. Let us show your glory. In Jesus' name I pray.